At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. I've got a really, really good supernatural example from Scripture today to give you to explain in, a, in greater depth and detail what I'm talking about. And God just, God really blessed me with this passage. I mean, I've known this passage, but it just really showed me how to use this as an example because what I'm ministering from, this is all through the Bible. It's everywhere. Everywhere. The mercy, the grace of God is everywhere. And talking about judgment is everywhere because if you look out there, judgment is everywhere. Everybody's judging everybody about everything. And we need to know how to deal with this and how to apply it to our life because, I'm just telling you right now, maybe I've said things this absolute at different times before in 33 years, but to this point, I can't remember being convinced of something that across the board in all people's lives, this has to change to be in a position to receive from God. So I want to start with our couple of our foundational scriptures that we've used. I think I've had about eight foundational scriptures with this, but here's two of them. 2 Corinthians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Not just mercy, but mercies. 2 Corinthians 4.1, Therefore, since we have this ministry, this ministry of freedom and liberty, since we have this ministry, as as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. As we receive the mercy of God in our lives, we operate in the ministry of freedom. So that everywhere we go, The freedom that we're living in gets off on other people. We were created for that ministry. Because before you have been called to do anything, you're called to be a minister of reconciliation. Reconciling people in their thinking back to God. People have to think like God. It's not all the issues out there that make the difference. Is do people, how do people really think? Most people take up the causes of other people. Most people don't think for themselves. Well, Pastor, that's, that's kind of hard. Well, I think it's kind of true. Most people really don't think for themselves. They take up the causes of other people. You take up the cause of another person, you're in dangerous ground. What you want to be operating from is what you've received. If you've not received mercy, you can't give mercy. The definition we've used of mercy is pardoned from misery. That this is God's 
This is the way God sees you. It's his his attitude toward people that are in distress and difficult times. He's there to give mercy. As my wife said earlier, you know, God's just doing good things. The scripture that Fabian read out of Malachi 3, God wants to bless us. God's mercy is new and fresh every day to be the answer in our lives. It's here all the time. It's here for us. We have to receive it so we can operate in it. You don't receive it, then you're going to operate in what we've talked about in the last few weeks, in judgment. You will. You will operate in judgment if you're not operating in mercy. So, in other words, I have to know that I've been pardoned before I can be healed. I have to know that I've been justified by the blood of Jesus before I can live a sanctified life. People too often, we're all of us at different times, have tried to live sanctified lives, but not not empowered by being justified, by being pardoned, by being forgiven. I have to receive what He did so that I can operate in that life. What does it mean to be sanctified? It means to be set apart. You're just different. You're not going to live according to the, the ways of the world. People say, hey, you know, you've got you to be relative for people to be able for them to receive you. Yeah, yeah, you need to be relative and you need to be able, you need through the mercy of God to be able to accept every person. I don't care what they've done. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what, what their choices are in life. I don't care what it is. You have to be able through the mercy of God to accept every person. Jesus accepted everybody, but their ways of life did not change him. So, we have to see, this is what I don't feel like I've even scratched the surface on yet, but we have to see the truth about judging. And the truth is, Don't. That's the truth. But man, I've got a wingdinger of an example from the Scripture today. You can use wingdinger, right? Right. Yeah. i got a great example from Scripture to show you the difference in what judging is And then what a sentence that's being passed because of the actions of another person. You will reap what you sow. God has already judged the world. That's why you and I don't need to judge it. Most people are afraid of the world and the things going on in the world, but God's already judged the world. He's already judged it. It's already judged. So when people do things that go against what God's already set up and said the way it needs to be, sooner or later, they will reap. You, me, everybody. 
But we connect with the mercy of God. There are a lot of things that I deserve to be, to, to receive, that I don't have to receive anymore because I've embraced the mercy. Then I begin to see other people in a totally different way. And that's what he's saying here in, in, in Matthew 7, another one of our foundational verses or passages was Matthew 7 and 1. He said, judge not that you're not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use in judgment toward others, it will be measured back to you. So, there's a form of measuring judgment that's okay. Because he said, the way you judge and the way you measure your judgment, it'll come back to you. So that means, that means there's a way to have opinions, to have a judgment within yourself. Because one of the next verses I was going to read to you was 1 Corinthians 11, and I'm going to read it to you now. And verse 31, and it says, For if we would judge ourselves, then we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. So there's something that is really deep in that passage right there in what he's talking about, about judgment, that we're, 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 we're going to scratch it a little bit more, but there's a whole lot more in that that we've got to understand. Because he said, instead of you judging others... Turn the judgment on yourself, and then he said, and let me judge you. He said, don't even judge yourself by how you think yourself, because you'll screw it up. But he said, judge yourself, turn the judgment on yourself, and, and, and make sure of the things in your life, because the, the Matthew Scripture says this, the Matthew 7. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that's in your eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck, the little thing from your eye, but you're not seeing the big thing that's in your eye? So, I want you to think about this. I want you to relate this, you know, because you don't think like I think, and I don't think exactly like you think. So I want you to think about my example that I'm going to use right here. So think about when you're, when you're worked up emotionally about what somebody else has done. You're worked up, you're focused on it. And how many can testify and say that when you're worked up emotionally about what someone else has done, you can't really think about anything else? Oh my gosh, you're just like, I mean, your head's just like spinning. And when you're worked up like that and you're in a place of judgment, this passage right here, you, and I'm, I'm going ahead, but we've read it many times, it says you're a hypocrite. In other words, you're operating in hypocrisy because you're operating in pride because you think you know better when he told you not to judge. But you think it's okay for you to judge that person and be worked up and, and so then, when you're worked up and you're emotional about what someone's done, 
Or, just, or you're just worked up by maybe what the enemy's told you that person's done. Now you got attitude and you're wearing it on your shoulder, on your sleeve, on your tip of your boot. You're, you're wearing it everywhere. Ready for it to either get kicked off or for you to kick it off or kick someone else with it. And when we're in that place, we are no good for God and you can't find mercy anywhere. So, with that example, listen to these next passages of Scripture as I read them. Okay? With that example. I'm going to give you my definition of judging again. To judge is to, when you judge, you're, 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 it's to punish or condemn by decision like a judge would that you're not. He said, you leave the judge into me, I'm the judge, you're not the judge, nor are you judge and jury. Because that's what we want to be is not just judge, but judge and jury. We want to be able to level the boom on someone else, you know, in that moment and give, you know, the open door to the enemy because when you're judging, then you're going to be judged by the enemy. He will judge you. And then he'll take that, he'll take your actions before God. See, because if the devil, if the devil could take you out, he would have already done it. He didn't really care whether you're saved or unsaved. He I don't think the devil really cares about that. All he wants is you either stirred up and no good for God or out of here. But he has no power. He can't do that. He can't take you out. He had already done it. He can't just go and, and, and murder somebody. But what he can do is operate deceptively and convince people to have attitudes and judgments in their life, causing them not to hear God so people can be in the wrong place at the wrong time and a car hits somebody and runs over them. Why were you there? Do we serve a God that we can know? Can we know where we need to be or where we don't need to be? Can we hear Him like that if we're developing a relationship with Him? Oh, so pastor, you're saying because that happened to this family member of mine, then that's because they didn't hear God. I, I didn't say that. I don't know the situation. Every situation is different. But I'm saying the devil has no power to take people out, yet he's the one that comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. So when you see killing, stealing, and destroying, what is that? That's the devil. Did you hear what I said? That, that's not God doing that. God doesn't take people out. The devil does. But the devil doesn't have the authority to do that in your life. Except what we give him. The 1 Corinthians 11 verse, for if you would judge yourself then you're not judged, but when you're judged, you're chastened by the Lord that we may, be, we, we may not be condemned with the rest of the world. Because when you're judging, you're condemned. You're in pride. You're a hypocrite when you're judging other people. You, me, all of us. It's just the truth. 
It's just the truth because I'm reading it to you. It's the absolute truth. So we've got to figure out how to make the changes. And the way the changes begin is when we allow the judgment of God to begin in the house. Everybody say, I'm the house. The Bible says, you're the house. I'm the house. We're the house. So judgment, when judgment begins in each one of us, then judgment in the house here as a collective group isn't difficult. Not difficult when you're judging yourself. And you're judging yourself not by your own judgment, but by the judgment of God. Not difficult. James 2.12. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. See, because as my wife was saying, what Fabian read today concerning tithing, God's in it to bless us, right? When God comes and judges you, he judges you with the, his law of liberty and freedom. So everything that he shows you about your life that needs to be judged, it's to liberate you, to free you, and to position you to receive everything that God has already had planned for your life. That's what it does. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. That's the hypocrite. That's the person that gets worked up emotionally, constantly focused on other people, other situations, what everybody else is doing. They're focused on those things. I'm going to show you in a minute from my wingdinger of a story that I'm fixing to give you. I'm going to show you how we turn the tables on that and understand the measurement that we're giving out of the things that we see and that we do. Because we're not to judge until we've been judged. And now my judgment is through mercy. See, because notice in the, in the, the Matthew 7 passage, he said, the problem is, you got a big old log stuck in your eye, and you're noticing that little bitty thing right there and trying to make a big deal out of that little thing in your brother. Get the thing out of your eye, and then, it said, you'll be able to help the other guy with the little thing get that little thing out of his eye. I'll just tell you this. You know what I, you know what I feel like he's saying there? At least what he said to me. You've made, because you're not dealing with yourself, that's what God said to me, because you're not dealing with yourself. Now, you've made what they're doing or somebody else or some situation, you've blown it at, totally out of proportion, the enemy has, but you've allowed the enemy to blow that totally out of proportion to see something that's really not there. But then he said, if you'll turn the tables and judge your own heart, you'll learn how to pray for people and believe God for people, then he'll show you how to help that person get free. Because what is our ministry? It's a ministry of freedom. Not more bondage, not condemnation, not pride. It's freedom. Can you say amen? It was for freedom he came to set us free. Is that right? For he said, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, Yet, mercy triumphs over judgment every single time. You know why? Because mercy has already triumphed over judgment. 
If you're out there judging, mercy's just sitting there waiting to triumph. But mercy will not step in in the natural. Mercy's already triumphed over judgment. It's already done. But for it to work in your life, you've got to receive mercy so mercy can do its job. And yet, and yet, the mercy of God is new and fresh every morning. And the mercy of God is there for you and I each and every day, protecting us even when we don't deserve to be protected, even when we're in our judgment. There's a level of protection that the mercy of God brings that we don't deserve at all, even when we're attempting to get out of the messes, and that's why the enemy can't take you and I out. The enemy cannot get the upper hand on our lives unless we give it to him because of the mercy of God. If it wasn't for the mercy of God, all kinds of things would happen all the time that nobody could explain. But it's not that way. Because I don't know about you, I'm not perfectly doing what Jesus did in the earth, but I'm passionately after being led by the Spirit, knowing the Word, being a doer of the Word, not just a hearer of it, but being a doer of that Word. I am passionately after that, and as a result of that, there's an extent and a level of the mercy of God that's flowing through me to other people's lives. Can you say amen? Well, that's just me. Is that happening in your life? Or is there a level of the mercy of God that's flowing through your life because of what you're learning and how God's developing your life? Absolutely. It's because of the church that things are intact in this earth. It's because of the church. And you want the planet to get better? Then the church has to know who they are. And we've got to live this way. And I'm telling you right now, one of the keys, I mean, every scripture that I've read to you that we will read in the days ahead concerning the judgment of God, every one of those I've read hundreds and hundreds of times. But I did not realize until maybe a year ago how much that the Bible talks about the judgment of God and, how, and, and, and the judgments of men. And how we need to know the difference and we need to be flowing with the judgment of God. Can you say amen to that? That's where we need to be flowing, not based on what we think. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. Be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. Who's he looking for? He's looking for hypocrites. He's looking for prideful people. Amen? He's looking for people that operate in judgment instead of judging their own life. That's who he's looking for. But watch. The next part of that verse says this. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings and experiences by your brotherhood are, are in the world. There's all kinds of things. Everything that's going on that you see out there is just common to mankind. It's out there. You and I have the authority and the ability to resist the devil and command him to flee. Now watch this next, these next two verses. James 4 and verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud... People not operating in mercy. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, 
Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There's a lot being said right there, but I'm telling you, there lies the key based on the passages I've just read to you. He said, he said, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud. God resists the proud. God resists the ones that think they're better at judge and jury than he is. And with God, there is no jury. He's the judge, and how he says, that's the way it goes. And if we let him do his job, and we do our job, and we allow what he's judged humanity with to judge our lives, then we can make judgments for the good of other people so the people's lives can be liberated and set free. Otherwise, we stay stirred up and always talking about and voicing always talking and voicing issues with other people that we should never allow to come out of our mouth. And the only way you're empowered to be able to do that and to resist the devil is to have received the mercy and the forgiveness of God. Judgment doesn't work when there's no mercy. So when you're judging which it's really not you judging unless you want to use the, as, as we use the word defined in a different way. You're not so much judging another person, but helping that person to see what they're operating in. And 10 times out of 10, what they're operating in isn't what you think. Because nobody really knows the thoughts of another person except the Spirit of God that's in it. So God, when he can trust you to operate in his mercy and grace to see other people liberated, when he can trust you, then he'll, he'll show you bits and pieces about other people, but not the depths of their heart. You don't have a clue what other people are doing. And for you to judge other people and be judge and jury on behalf of another person is very destructive. And it will keep your life from being in a position to receive from God. My winged dinger is coming. When we're in pride, when we're in pride, we're yielding to the devil and he doesn't have to flee. When we're in a place of judgment thinking we know better, he doesn't have to flee when we try to resist him. He doesn't have to flee. He only has to flee when a person is understanding and operating in what God would have them to do and the way he would have them do it. See, God's word works. You know, <clears throat> God's word really doesn't work. You know, the Bible doesn't say don't be angry. It just says don't be angry and sin. And you can be mad at a situation and mad at someone else and be binding the devil over that person in, in hatred and anger toward the person, and the devil's not going to flee. He's not going to run from somebody that's being used by him to speak what they're speaking. He's not going to run from that. But we're that way. All of us have been that way at different times in our attitudes toward other people because we're not understanding the mercy of God and how much the mercy of God is there for us, but God wants you to be there for other people with that mercy. See, it's twofold. It's there for you, 
But we see in Scripture, it's to go through you. That's how God gets his mercy to other people, through people that have embraced mercy. So, I want to read this passage and then my wingdinger. And this is just, these next three, I'm going to read you three passages as I end this. And these next three passages, it'd be really good for you to go and read because to me, here lies answers regarding judgment. But you've got to be able to hear God to be able to apply this. Ephesians 4 and verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, because you do, you give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. These are the answers to judgment. These are the answers and the things that you have to practice to see the tables turned on the way you view people and situations. And as you understand this and you apply this, what you're doing is giving God place in your life to judge you. See, see, judgment is not really a bad word. It's actually a good thing. Because all God does with His judgment is He reveals to you what He's already said is so. That's His judgment. Look, I've already said this. Look, you're doing this right here and you're thinking that this isn't important and you're kind of ignoring it in my word and you need to be looking at it for yourself. Quit looking at it where someone else is concerned. Then over time, when you allow that to affect your life and you begin to apply some of these principles here in your life and you do them, like the verse we read earlier, so do, so say and do according to the law and the judgment of liberty. He's already judged the world free. You know what he already said? You're not guilty. Everybody say, I'm free. Free. Say, I'm not guilty. He said it, so that's the way it is. So if you're not guilty, neither is the next guy. Where you're concerned. If you're doing what's right, then you're not guilty, really not guilty. But the next guy is not guilty, okay, But if he's doing guilty things, then he's guilty, but God said, I'll take care of that. You're not good at it. But then when God can trust you, he'll come along and say, you know what, Bert? That person needs a little bit of help, but I want you through the mercy of God to help them see where they're at. Only the wisdom of God through you can help another person. They're not going to get the wisdom from anybody else. 
They're not going to get it from the world. They're not going to get it from most educational institutions. They're not going to get the wisdom of God from anywhere but from people. Not just, and they're going to get it a lot of times from the church or organizations, the church. They're going to get it from the church of Jesus Christ, the church that he's built. And I'm a part of that if I'm doing it his way. I'm showing you some things in the Word that he's saying, I need some things altered. I need some changes to be made. I need people to get serious with this because the world is tiltering. And the reason it's tiltering, not because God's all freaked out. He's got it all. He's all under control. It's tiltering because the church is doing this. And the church isn't operating in some absolutes that I'm giving you today. We've got to make this real to ourselves. I don't care if it takes you five years to get this. Get it. Did you hear what I said? I don't care if it takes you another five years to get this revelation. Just stay on it and get it. And understand it. He said, let no corrupt word, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How do you, how do you, how, how do we grieve the Holy Spirit of God? How? By letting corrupt words come out of our mouth toward other people created in His image. you got to learn that, and you got to get it. You and I, I'm just telling you, we ain't got a whole lot of time. We don't have a whole lot of time to waste. The planet is waiting for the church to be who they were created to be. And we don't get this. This is a major piece to, uh, to the whole puzzle of walking in the authority and the dominion and the power of God in the earth. How do we get to the bottom of the judging issue? Don't. Don't judge. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. What's that saying? You show mercy. Has God shown mercy to you? You got to get the mercy before you can give the mercy. Okay, ready for my wingdinger? Um, I gave you Second Corinthians two, starting with verse seven, but I want to back up to verse three, please. So <clears throat> I have this story. And then one last passage and I'm done. But in the Corinthian church, there was a lot of trouble. A lot of stuff going on. There was, I mean, you name it, it was going on in the Corinthian church. A lot of different issues. If you, if you read back all the way to chapter 1 and you kind of get to this point, there was some people that had to be thrown out of the church. They had to be dealt with in the things that they, were, that they were dealing with. There's times when P- 
people have to be addressed in things that they won't stop and that they are acting certain ways and, and, and it's ungodly and it's, and it's affecting other people. But to be in a position to bring correction to another person, you better have the judgment turned on yourself. You better be judging your own life so that when a brother, sister, and, and, and we're talking about church life, all these verses of Scripture I'm reading, it's all about church people. It's not the people in the world. All these were talking about people in the church. And this story about in the church, here's a guy that's been kicked out of the church because of issues going on, and that's the last resort. And I'm saying today, a lot of this kind of stuff doesn't have to happen if people are really operating free of hypocrisy, free of pride, trusting the Word, and allowing the judgment to be on their own life. Because the judgment on their life is the judgment of God that liberates, that brings freedom. So then now you're used to bring freedom to someone else, and that's my wingdinger of a story. If you've never read this story, go back and read it again, but I'm going to read, start with verse 3. This is Paul to the church at Corinth, and he said, And I wrote this very thing to you, lest when I came... I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy, having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. This is after he kicked the guy out. This is after the guy was removed from the church. His tears and his weeping for the person. There's times when things have to be done. But I promise you, there are times that things that have been done, but they were done from a judgment that was working this way and not this way. Watch, watch what he says. But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me. But all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man so that, on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him. So on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Now when you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Lest Satan should take for we are not ignorant of his devices. 
I really encourage you to go and read this story. Just read the whole thing. That was verse 3 through 7 and 10 and 11. But here is what the Apostle Paul is saying. And I'm leaving this with you today. Here is what the Apostle Paul is saying. What was done to this man, it was right. But what you have to do is forgive and comfort. If you're not developing a daily routine in your life of praying for people, if you have an issue with somebody and you're not praying for them, and you may say, well, you know, I just can't pray for them. Well, then you need to stay on things where the judgment is turned on your life until you can get to a place to pray for them because that's what Paul, Paul said in Ephesians 1. He said, I can't not pray for you. That's what stirred me up almost eight years ago where I saw that verse of Scripture, I can't not pray for you. So when there are things that you want to judge, one of the greatest ways to turn the judgment back on yourself is to begin to pray for them. And there's some of the greatest ways to pray is to pray Ephesians 1, 3, and Colossians 1. When you start praying for other people that their eyes be open, you should be praying those three prayers over yourself, first and foremost, that your eyes be open. And Paul said here, here's the thing. We had to do this thing but in many tears and in much anguish, I had to do this. But I'm here and I'm encouraging you to comfort this person and forgive them. Why? Watch, lest Satan should take advantage of us. How can Satan take advantage of you and me? Us being in pride, right? In judgment, us operating in hypocrisy, saying we believe the word and yet not allowing the word to do the judging. And we bring and, and level judgment on other people's lives and situations that we face on a day-to-day -day basis. And I mean, it's everywhere. I, I don't know about you, but it's becoming almost like a full-time job to work through all the judgments. This person's judging this one. This one's judging that. Then something happens. Our high court just made a judgment about one thing, and now all across the nation, the whole nation is divided over the judgment from the high court. So you've got to work through how you're going to handle this type of situation in dealing with other people about it. You know how you believe one way or the other in the decision from the high court this week concerning abortion. You know how you believe that way. But it's another thing to have to deal with the judgments that are out there with other people and how you view and voice everything against everybody else. What if you heard somebody say something that's contrary to the way you believe and you begin to speak over them and begin to pray over them? Are you, do your words have power if you're allowing yourself to be judged? That's where the power lies. Did you hear what I said? Because Satan takes advantage of those things, but I go with what Paul said, we are not ignorant of his devices. I'm not ignorant. Everybody say it, I'm not ignorant. Uh -uh. I'm going to be used by God, not by the devil, and I'm going to understand what I need to work out and what I need to change and how I need to turn things around on myself. 
I'm, I'm not talking about turning harsh judgment on yourself, turning the judgment of God that's already judged you and let him show you this is what I meant and I want you to stay with that and I want you to believe that I can see you through in this situation and if I need your help in any way, I'll tell you what to do. Otherwise, shut up. Keep your mouth shut. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth at all, no matter what, unless I tell you to say whatever it is, but it won't be corrupt when you say it then. See, so this isn't like stick your head in the sand and just let whatever happens happen. No, 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 man. We are so in charge of what happens. So in charge. James 4, 11, and I end with this. <clears throat> do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He said brethren. He's talking about the church. In the church. Don't speak evil of each other. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother, sister, speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. There's one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? It's a very sobering passage that you have to look at. This isn't one of those kind of messages where you kind of jump up ready to run around the place and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. It's something to really think about. But what my prayer is, is that what I've shared with you in the last few weeks, and that I'm going to continue to dig out on, on Wednesday nights, my prayer is that you're hearing this in a way where I'm not coming against your judgment. I'm coming to you to judge your own life so that you can embrace the mercy of God. This whole thing is about replacing judgment with mercy. And you've seen clearly that that's the way. Because without embracing mercy, you'll never get rid of the judgment. If I'm just in here hammering you, you need to quit judging, and you need to quit saying this, and maybe I heard Randy say something about somebody, oh, yeah, Randy, you need to stop doing that. I heard you say that the other. That has nothing to do. I don't have one example with one person in the place. I'm not thinking about you at all. I mean, I'm thinking about you, but not about judgment. You understand what I'm saying? I'm preaching the word here. And this isn't stop judging. This is about embracing mercy to turn judgment in a positive way. So now, when it's turned on you, then you can make, if you want to use the word judgments about people and situations that will be positive because you're in to see them helped. That's what's so hard. Why would I want to help somebody that want to drop kick? Huh? I mean, why would I want to help somebody that, you know, I can't even stand to look at? I can't listen to. I can't this, that, whatever. You've got to talk to God about it. Because it wasn't everybody else on the planet that was created in the image of God except that guy or that woman. We were all created. They're all his kids. They're all... Every human being on the planet was made by God. Not everybody's saved. 
With the mouth, confession is made. With the heart, you believe, and you're born again. You receive Jesus. But every human being was created in his image. And we have a job to make a difference in this earth. I don't care whatever decision, other decision comes down the road. I don't care what other issue arises or whatever. We've got the answers to help it and to make it every decision that is made. We have the ability to make it right because we're talking the Word of God. We're not just talking the Constitution. Thank God for our Constitution. Thank God for our country. Thank God for this place. Every day I do. But I'm not limited to that. We're talking about the law and the judgment of freedom. Woo! Say it again. I'm free today. Free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Glory to God. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.